Hello, friends. I am back with episode four of You Just Run podcast, and I'm delighted to have Coach K as our guest today. Today is 9th July, and this is our fourth episode. Coach K is an ACE certified personal trainer, race director, ultra marathon running coach, fitness consultant, motivational speaker, a blogger, and of course, a good Samaritan with a heart of gold. Popularly known as Coach K, Mr. Kannan Sundar Rajan held a wide range of leadership roles in several multinational companies. However, his true passion was probably running and fitness. So after working for 24 years, he left his corporate career and launched KFITS Academy in 2016. Over the years, he has completed over 50 marathons and a couple dozen ultra marathons, some at blazingly fast speeds. He has also trained as man and mentored many athletes and continues to do so through multiple initiatives, which we'll talk about today. So Coach K, welcome to the show. Let us just start with a wide open question of how someone in corporate world with a cushy job and perks gives that up and becomes Coach K from Mr. Sundar Rajan. Uh, thank you very much, Ashish. Uh, it's a pleasure to get connected with you and also uh, be part of this uh, show. Uh, I just hear from you that this is the fourth episode. Uh, I think you're also in the beginning of a new journey. I'm extremely happy to be uh, part of that. Uh, well, this this question has been asked uh, many times. Uh, you know, starting. Uh, uh, jumping into a completely different domain, different field, uh, where everybody thought that uh, I have to start from the zero. Um, of course, that's what it sounded like when I even jumped out, and that exactly was the basic reason for me to get excited about. Because you know, starting something ground up uh, always brought me excitement, and uh, especially when uh, I have an I had an ex established career. Uh, with uh, very good perks in a corporate world and very well-recognized leadership role. Uh, I always had uh, the thrill of doing variety of things. Uh, even during my entire 24 years of career, I played a variety of roles. And maybe you can say that I get bored very soon if I'm doing the same thing again and again. Uh, always look for variety. I always look for a change and transformation. I believe in that. Uh, so the... Uh, it, the thought of jumping out of uh, the corporate, starting something happened over a car journey. Uh, it was an Uber ride from my home to the office, and um, it was end of uh, September, I guess. Uh, I had completed my A's personal trainer certification, and that gave me a lot of uh, understanding about health and fitness, and especially human anatomy, how we can train our body, how we can condition, and the health benefits associated with it. I never wanted uh, to become a super athlete, even though I want to be an athlete and uh, practice this athleticism. Uh, the idea of learning something and uh, practicing and at the same time sharing with others uh, always excited me right from my childhood. And uh, uh, I thought that while traveling to my work, I thought that I was um, thinking about something more often and more than my job and uh, the kind of work that I was doing at that time. And those thoughts were with regards to fitness and uh, running, nutrition, mastering the art of exercise and uh, of course leading a healthy life. There are a lot of reasons for me to 
think about health at that time because we I had two of my very close family uh, members uh, suffering from cancer and uh, some of the comorbidities I would say uh, it's a kind of combination of various things and my passion towards learning new things constantly and also sharing with people I decided that I wanted some excitement in life uh, when you're close to uh, spending about 24 years uh, that excitement uh, came to me uh, by starting something absolutely new so that's how I jumped out of uh, the corporate uh, let's say the super fast train uh, into Casebit Academy well that's that's great and I, I, I love that you are able to follow your passion and you are a true entrepreneur in that sense that you you had this vision probably at the back of the mind while you were going through the corporate ladder and corporate motions and and one day you just said enough is enough i really want to go after my passion and just just go for it so not a lot of people are able to do that so hats off to you for that and just a small correction i i never felt enough is enough uh, of course i always enjoyed uh, my job i enjoyed playing different roles and taking up responsibilities doing something uh, really valuable for the organization because I always believe that it's the only way I can give back to organization is by doing some good quality work and also making sure that uh, people who are uh, around me are also developing I'll you know, give them whatever I can the best to develop their skills and contribute to their development and make my role obsolete and uh, because I, there, I don't think there is anything like a job which cannot be replaced by another person and I always enjoyed uh, learning something doing something mastering something to whatever extent possible and at the same time identifying somebody else who can actually do my job so that I had a selfish reason of doing something else but uh, I couldn't jump out I don't want to be a half half-baked guy you know doing something and then going to another one I always found this opportunity to find somebody else to do my job that's an opportunity for somebody to scale up in their life and in the, in the corporate ladder you call it as and then uh, I go and do something else uh, so the of course while I was enjoying everything and I somehow felt that my mind was fully occupied by this uh, fitness health running journey but I had no clue about what I would be doing when I jump off and I somehow had this instinct or gut feel uh, I would say uh, there's no plan, there was no vision, there was no clarity in terms of what I was doing. But I wanted to take one day at a time. And I decided that uh, every single day I'll wake up, uh, the quality of my sleep and the feeling of uh, seeing a fresh day would determine uh, how good my decisions would be. You know, that's exactly what I've been following the last uh, close to four years now. That is that is awesome and I really love what you said that being able to help people around you whether it's in an organization or the way you are doing it right now with your coaching and all these uh, other activities you are changing lives of so many people around you and hopefully uh, passing on this message of uh, having a healthy life through an active lifestyle. So a lot of people talk about some of these things but uh, i'm fortunate to be able to meet some of the people like you who are actually able to do it and enjoy it like a lot of people would say oh i want to sleep well at night and wake up every morning and say okay it's going to be a great day or if i slept well then i'm doing something right but it's very hard to put it actually in practice you know 
So that is that is really great and encouraging, and I'm sure our listeners uh, would love that positive enthusiasm from you. And it's so uh, right that when you are around like-minded people, like in a fitness community or something like that, you also derive a lot of energy and positivity from them as well. So, so great, great initiative, great, uh, great success you had, I think, already in last four years in running this uh, KFITS Academy. And I'm sure it will do wonders and create a lot of uh, health and fitness uh, people around uh, Bangalore and hopefully around the world now because the whole world had shrink with this whole COVID situation and with video and whatnot. So hopefully your reach can increase. Uh, uh, one of the things which uh, I, when I was looking at uh, your profile, which struck me was this whole concept of 42, 42, 42. And that, that number just, and I was like, okay, what 42, 42, 42. And I said, okay, yeah, 42 is the full marathon and you wanted to do in 42 consecutive weekends in 42 places, unheard of. So uh, talk to me a little bit about what inspired you to do that. And then we'll, we'll uh, go into uh, how people should uh, perceive that and take, take inspiration from it. Okay. Um, well, back in 2000, uh, 16, uh, this was, uh, I guess, one day before my daughter's birthday, uh, April 26th, uh, 27th uh, was her birthday. Uh, my wife and myself, we went out to buy a bicycle for her. You know, she's been asking for a cycle and thought it's a perfect day to uh, give her uh, what sure. she wanted. And of course, when we were returning back uh, home, it was kind of uh, evening, uh, seven, eight o'clock. Uh, we found uh, an accident victim. Actually, this man was uh, kind of falling. He has fallen down by the side of the road near the, uh, the footpath. And uh, yeah, but the initial sight was, it was looked like a drunken man lying down there, but there was a bike next to him. And of course, what happened in the next 10, 15 minutes was uh, a really uh, a wonderful time in my life, I would say, because that uh, brought in a lot of emotions. Uh, and positivity in my life because uh, we both, my wife and I were go, uh, we were able to go and help that person. Actually, he was knocked out of his bike and he has fallen down, not wearing helmet. He had a big bump of blood soaked face and uh, uh, the uh, initial looks were like he was dead. Uh, but again, fortunately he was not, he was alive. Uh, we were able to call for support, call the police ambulance and also put him, pack him, uh, send him to the hospital on that day. Uh, so that uh, for me was very uh, rewarding in terms of my actions, my wife's actions, uh, because just one day before <clears throat> that incident, I had attended uh, first aid and CPR training uh, just to uh, get myself uh, ready for my ACE personal trainer certification, because if you want to uh, become a personal trainer, then first aid and CPR is a mandatory procedure that the as a trainer coach I should be knowing and I was thanking myself you know that those 15-20 uh, minutes of intense moments in my life uh, I was feeling happy that I, I had attended this training and uh, at the same time uh, when we kind of settled down I went went back to my car and I had my emotional outburst and I cried for a few seconds and then uh, it also gave me we were very quiet both of us were shocked at the same time happy it's kind of you know experiencing both extreme of emotions at the same time is uh, very strange, strange and unique for me. Uh, we came back home and uh, kind of uh, I was kind of blood uh, soaked, rest and hands and uh, took some shower. 
came back and sat. And then, of course, uh, we narrated this incident to uh, my our children. And we kind of felt good about this. And I said, thank God this guy was alive and uh, uh, went to bed. But I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep. And I, I got up multiple times thinking about, OK, if I can go and save a person, if I can go and respond to uh, an emergency-like situation on the road, uh, anybody else can do that. I, I'm, I was not a doctor. I didn't have any qualification as a medical professional. It is just compassion and knowing what to do and what not to do. Because that's what the first aid and CPR training taught me. Uh, gave me suddenly a lot of confidence about, okay, now I know exactly what to do. That is, go be, a, you know, wear the hat of a, a situational leader, take up responsibility, call the ambulance, uh, get that support um, that is needed to help that person because tomorrow it could be uh, me lying down there because you know any unfortunate thing can happen my loved one could be hit by a vehicle or my friend or neighbor could be hit um, I cannot ignore that I cannot ignore that side and if I have that uh, feeling and compassion towards helping a person can I teach this to other person can I share the story to uh, the, you know, the network of people that I'm surrounded with. And I wrote a blog. Uh, it's more of a Facebook post, uh, long story, narrating every single uh, experience that I had actually uh, gone through on that day and shared it. And, uh, next, and only after writing that and telling people that, guys, you know what, it's a great opportunity for you to be one of those uh, persons who can go and actually help people. And uh, shared it and I had a good sleep on that day because I was able to convey, uh, I couldn't really figure out why I was not getting sleep till the time I wrote everything and shared with people. So the next day morning when I woke up uh, and I was checking Facebook and I, I found that there were so many likes, so many people commenting the post, so many people telling that you're a God sent at the right time and you have a great compassion. Uh, while all these things were giving a lot of uh, excitement, at the same time, I thought that, okay, if I can be a God, you can be a God too. Uh, because we always, uh, I'm not very spiritual and uh, kind of uh, hunting for gods to come and help us because God has already created us. Our job is to uh, just kind of make the best use of the life that is given to us and help people um, if possible. I thought that, yes, you can also become a God. Yeah, all that you need to know is, okay, compassion, learn the skill, and do the right thing as much as you can, right? Instead of ignoring. So the India, the problem is uh, the accident sites. It's not that people are not compassionate in India. No? Every, wherever you go, everybody wants to help, but there is a fear. There is an inherent fear of, okay, what really happens if I go and touch this person? If some something worse happens, will I be held responsible? Will I have to hunt between one uh, jail? So maybe a jail term or a police station or uh, even go um, hopping from one court to another court. To, uh, it, these things had happened in the past. So that has created a sense of fear uh, and the responsibilities were ignored because of this fear. You know, people didn't want to take chances. But actually, you know, the good things have happened in the last few years. The Good Samaritan Law is becoming an act. Um, it's also followed by many states. So for me, that incident uh, gave me an opportunity to think about what are the various ways I can convey this message. And uh, I, was, I was feeling that it was too small for me to kind of stand up uh, and shout about this particular initiative. So let's just go get first aid training, go and help people. 
uh, I wanted to do something so that people will pay attention to the costs rather than uh, me. I'm just a vehicle communicating some message, but it's not about me, it's about the cost. But I have to do something. Uh, and of course, I was thinking about this and I said, okay, <clears throat> I want to run a full marathon every single day for 42 days. Now, I wanted to actually, I actually came up with 42 days, 42 marathons in okay. 42 different places. And my wife called me a crazy nut and I said, no, I'm not going to let you do this because this sounds like uh, absolutely crazy idea. And it's, you're going to hurt yourself and you don't have to convey a message like this. You can actually do something else. Think, please think about something else. You have a family and uh, of course, you're not that well-trained athlete who can attempt something like that. You know, just, just imagine 1,780 kilometers running in yeah. uh, Well, I was very uh, resistive to that idea of not thinking about that. But anyway, I had my moment of silence and I said, hey, you know what? Uh, my, I'm turning 42 in 2016. So I'm going to do 42 weeks now. All that I need is uh, 10 months time period. Uh, oh. Let me do 42 weekends of running 42 kilometers in 42 different places. And that way I will have, as a coach, as a person who knew a little bit about running and I thought, okay, I really don't have a lot of time to recover. Running, running 42 kilometers, but um, at least I'll get six days in between before uh, <laughs> the next cycle of uh, 42 kilometers. So then immediately we put together an idea. All right, April 2017, I'm going to complete uh, uh, the 42 and then uh, uh, backtracking 10 months uh, Let me do the um, uh, calculation. So uh, came up with certain props, uh, came up with certain, I want to communicate this message of road safety, uh, asking people to wear helmets and uh, seatbelt and kind of be responsible citizen. Uh, learn first aid and CPR. So this is kind of a little small message. So we made some pledge cards. Uh, and then uh, while all these things were happening, I had an opportunity. I was also thinking about, can I start training? Uh, because now that I'm an entrepreneur, maybe part of my academy, I thought I would uh, train people on first aid and CPR by you know, kind of getting those kids and uh, doing that initiative. I came across uh, Alert. Uh, it's an NGO operating from Chennai, uh, it was quite uh, uh, fabulous to feel that there was already an NGO who was doing the job of training uh, people on first aid and CPR. So they had a mission to train one person in a family, in every single family. Uh, and I had an opportunity to talk to the, the founders of Alert, you know, the office bearers, the guys who are actually training. Uh, then I said, hey, why don't we collaborate instead of me creating another training facility uh, I'll be your ambassador. I'll be your uh, messenger. Uh, but let's uh, try to people uh, try to bring people to attend the training offered by Alert. So that's how the journey started, and Alert become part of my. Uh, it's an emotional connection with this organization of fabulous founders and people. And and then I started uh, running. But I shouldn't call this as a running 42 kilometers. Okay, running is just a let's say a way of calling it. Uh, what I did was I would choose a course every weekend. I will start moving. Okay, so at six o'clock in the morning, I start. My goal is to finish 42 kilometers, finish at some place, either book a taxi or ask my wife to come and you know uh, bring me back home. And then in between, I would meet 
lot of people who are probably not wearing helmet, uh, stop at the traffic junctions, interact with people, just spread the message, appreciate people who are following the traffic rule. So this is exactly I started doing. The first day when I launched this, you know, all my friends and relatives, uh, the entire apartment where I live, they all came down to encourage and support. You know, for even for them, it looked like a crazy task. And okay, Kushke is doing this. Let's all go and support. Uh, right. That's how it started. But it, it looks like a, a dream to me that uh, I was able to complete this uh, in 10 consecutive years and traveling to different places, reaching out to a lot of uh, running communities. Because I, over a period of time, I've realized that uh, the message that I was trying to convey, it sounded like a simple message, but very difficult to convey this or make them make people believe and follow this. You know, uh, it looked like a stupid idea to transform this entire world. Uh, it, it sounded like, uh, even though it's possible, then I had bigger goals. And I wanted to train uh, 4,200 people in the 10 weeks time period. And I wanted to give 42,000 pledge cards to all the people. You know, I had these kind of little goals in my mind. But I was finding it very difficult to reach out and convey that message authentically because people are, many people in this country are living under denial. They think that, okay, I, I just need to go to the next street. I don't need to wear a helmet. I, I just need to, uh, I came out for a, a coffee with my friend. I don't need a helmet. And the police is not there, so I don't need the seatbelt. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's kind of a little confused uh, uh, approach towards the safety. But I, I would say uh, this 10 weeks had created a small dent in the community. A lot of people who I was able to reach out and convey this message. Uh, we also trained close to, let's say after, uh, since 2016, I trained close to about 400 people, not directly training, but you know, bringing alert to come and do this training. Uh, it's not big in terms of numbers, but I think I'm, I'm very satisfied with that particular campaign. I continue to do that. You know, even today, I think about, okay, first aid, even within my apartment, I lead the emergency response team. Right now, our focus is COVID. Uh, this is continuing. This journey is con uh, continuing. Since that incident, I have responded to close to 12 emergencies, including, you know, picking, <clears throat> helping my neighbors um, with the hypoglycemia kind of situation, or somebody fell down and hurt and bleeding, jumping out and going helping, even uh, supporting uh, an accident victim and uh, raising funds to support uh, the treatment. Like uh, in 2016, there was an accident victim as part of the Bangalore Marathon uh, event. And this person was like a, like a general public. He was uh, riding in a bike and then we got um, into an accident kind of situation, uh, broke his uh, tibia and fibula, both the bones, his uh, ankle was kind of twisted 90 degrees, bleeding. And then I was fortunate to be there in that place and uh, go and provide first aid with the help of people, also called the ambulance, took him to the hospital, reached out to his parents, called them to come and you know, a young guy, 23 years old, with a lot of aspiration and dream. And, and of course, uh, I was doing my campaign run as part of the Bangalore Marathon uh, with all these uh, banners and flags. Uh, once I finished the run, I was like, you know, I could smell iron in my body because so much of blood and, uh, and at the same time satisfaction. Uh, I, I couldn't kind of settle down because uh, knowing that guy and his uh, background, 
uh, he couldn't have afforded the uh, the expenses. Uh, the Manipal hospital had given a quota of around five and a half lakhs. So I took a vow that, okay, I'm going to raise one lakh money. Uh, just reach out to people, write about this, talk about this. And I launched the Keto uh, campaign. And uh, within about 15 days, I was very fortunate to raise about six and a half lakhs. And uh, it was, you know, all the small acts uh, gave a lot of confidence and uh, anybody could have done this. You know, it's not just me. Um, well, so the 42 weekend campaign is, is just uh, become part of my life and I continue to do. But yeah, yes, I'm not very active the way I used to be during that 42 weekend. But whenever possible, I continue to spread the message. But I'm feeling very confident that I'm still connected with Alert. Uh, I'm the race director for the Alertathon event that they organize every single year. Uh, the Alertathon is just a running awareness event uh, with the theme Run to Save a Life. And uh, I'm very happy to say that this is the third year, 2020, Alertathon will go uh, virtual race. And uh, of course, I'll reach out to you, uh, Ashish. You can also be an ambassador for the event, spread the message. And uh, because even in countries like the US where the response uh, timing is so beautiful, right? So if you call 911, you may get the, the fastest response could be just right. two minutes. The police will come, paramedic will come, emergency can be. Maybe not many people in the country need to be aware of a state, but just imagine, can you fill the gap between this, uh, let's say the time you call 911 and uh, the till the time the police or you know, paramedic arrives, can you do something? That's all first aid is, right? So make sure that that person is stable, alive, uh, before the advanced life support comes. Yeah, this journey is continuing, a lot of learning, I was able to network with a lot of people and uh, yeah, I'm very emotionally attached uh, to this loss. Truly fabulous. What what is uh... What an inspiring, inspiring um, story uh, you have there. Uh, something which you saw and in India or even here, we see pretty much all of us have seen one or more road accidents. And as, as you said, a lot of times we are too complacent or we are just, uh, we just ignore it and move on because we are like, it's not really concerning me, but it could be you next day. And then the other thing which, um, which I really uh, liked what you said was being able to have that CPR and first aid training for most of the people. And you have inspired me to at least get CPR training. So I'm going to do that. And especially in our running and biking community, because we are running, we are covering a lot of distance. So we should be able to help even our fellow runners and bikers because it can happen to anybody. Or if we are covering this distance, if we can help somebody on the side of the road, uh, then why not? So maybe uh, this can become a part of all those, uh, you know, uh, workshops or not workshops, but those expos before these big marathons where there can be like a CPR or a first aid training for whosoever is interested. Even if out of 5,000 people, you are able to train 50, that can be 50 potential lives saved at some particular point of time. So that's, that's really beautiful the way you kind of took it up from your personal experience and again, as you said initially, how you can help others. So this is a great way of helping others and just running just becomes like, as you said, it's more of really a message uh, more than anything, right? So, so hats off to you and I will definitely uh, try and help and support Alertothon as much as I can. And I, I tell you, next time I talk to you, I would have done my CPR training as well. So, <laughs> oh, that's uh, fabulous, Ashish. Yeah, thank you so much. See, the, the, as you rightly pointed out, running is just a way of communicating. It, it's, uh, of course, records and 
uh, uh, Limka book uh, has recognized this as a record, but uh, my wife and uh, some of the well-wishers have written to them and I said, hey, can you call this as a record? But for me, of course, it brings an excitement when you look at records okay. and numbers, uh, because uh, all like achievements, all of us as human beings, uh, if you say that you're immune to achievements and celebrations, I'm going to challenge that. But of course, I also like that uh, achievement and attention. But for me, uh, what is more important is the message is uh, getting conveyed and through running and especially something that I'm, I was very passionate about running because it brought so many connections in my life. It transformed me as a person. Uh, it gave an identity. It is still giving an identity as a coach, as a race director. And especially this message is so embedded in me that in all my running events, safety is given most important in both the, the edition of Uti Ultra that I've uh, organized uh, 2018 and 19. Uh, the safety team is one of the largest which had first responders, uh, volunteers, uh, the voice are the volunteer in case of emergency. So alert has beautifully turned this as voice. Um, so the voice, uh, the first aid training is given to all the volunteers in my event, you know, one day or two day before the event all the uh, first aid, uh, the aid station workers and uh, the road, uh, the road, mar road marshals, all of them are trained on first aid one or two days before. And then uh, I also had, uh, uh, I'm having a collaboration with Cardi Aid. They are the makers of uh, the CPR equipments. And in both the editions I had kept, I brought uh, the live CPR kit in my events. And uh, in fact, uh, it, it's a little sad to know that some of the very large events in the country uh, do not uh, take care of these aspects of first aid. I, I had approached uh, a race director and uh, you know, they run a lot of events in this country, uh, telling them that, hey, you should, you should probably consider having a live CPR. Uh, and uh, don't ignore, because all that you need is one incident, you know, somebody collapsing in the event, and uh, it's not only uh, good for the person, but it may also, if the race is not prepared, it could be damaging to the brand. And uh, the response that I got was very surprising. The gentleman said that, yeah, we have first responders, we have a bike responder. Then I asked, okay, what do you have in the bike? Um, and then they said, what, what I hear then was uh, kind of little disappointing. This gentleman said that, okay, the bike carries first aid kit. What does the first aid kit contain? It has bandage and detol and volleying spray. That's not going to save life, right? Uh, of course, this message should go. The reason why I'm sharing this is all the race directors in this country or anybody who's doing sporting events also conducted a badminton tournament uh, for masters. You know, we had the same set of first responders, first aid kit, CPR. Fortunately, no incidents so far. But at least we were able to respond. I remember the last UTL, uh, somebody, one of the uh, runners who came to the finish line, he came and thanked me and said that it's amazing to see that uh, within five minutes, the ambulance arrived to support me. Uh, it was not very damaging. I was severely cramping and I, I called one of the aid station workers. And the message was relayed to a ham radio. You know, ham radio is one of the communication mediums. I had a ham team of about six volunteers. So we were able to communicate, we were able to reach the ambulance and send it there. Did we do anything great? No, it's just the feeling of seeing an ambulance and the doctor uh, quickly coming to help you, ask you your well-being in a running event, is, it gives a lot of confidence. But 
can we stop somebody from dying? No, we cannot. It's unfortunate things happen. Even in some of the international events with well-prepared paramedics and well-trained uh, first responders, still uh, death happens. But in this country, unfortunately, even the government administration, uh, the administrators are not ready to accept that something like that can happen. A sporting event must happen. Adventure events will have to be conducted. But at the same time, you need to be prepared. Uh, we cannot stop some eventuality, but only thing is educate people so that they're not doing anything stupid or crazy. And uh, at the same time, we have a mechanism in place to go and respond. So that is much more important. And I think it'll, it'll happen. The, the sports is not become an industry yet. The sports ministry needs to support uh, these kind of, uh, let's say, the safety net. They can give licenses. Even the concept of giving license to this country for conducting sporting events doesn't exist. Now, every year, it's like starting for me to conduct an event. It's like a wall. Even though I care so much about the community, you know, the local tourism, uh, getting uh, the government agencies to support an event, uh, it's not very clear in terms of how we can do this year after year. So bring that excitement to everybody. But of course, safety is integral part of all my events. And I try to even promote and communicate to any event that I become an advisor or a race director, even if it's not my event, I make sure that the safety aspects are considered. Oh, that's, that's really great. And as uh, you know, I mean, you just run provides timing technology to so many races and we deal with race directors all the time also. So we'll be sure to uh, bring this up more prominently because this is, and we have witnessed some of the cases you are talking about uh, on um, occasions more than what we would like to see. So hopefully, some of these initiatives you are doing can go pan India and we can help all the runners. On the same note, I want to tell the listeners that these are one-off events. I mean, running is still enjoyable sport, injuries and things like that seldom happens, but you've got to go out there, have fun and enjoy. And now uh, going back to talking about some of the race uh, events and organization, I, I know you uh, launched a couple of ultra marathons and they are, I think, one of the most beautiful races in the country. And not only that, a uh, lot of people who go to comrades probably come and run your UT Ultra before they go to comrades. So uh, talk to us a little bit about what uh, uh, prompted you to start UT Ultra and then Bison. And I, I love the concept of Bison Ultra, by the way. And next time I'm out there, I, you have to give me a ticket to get in. I, oh, the shortest distance possible though, <laughs> the 30k. <laughs> I'm not an ultra marathoner, but I just love the concept. So can you uh, talk a little bit about the two ultras? Um, see, when I started running, uh, when I understood that mountains are the greatest gyms that uh, runners can get. Okay? You don't need to pay anything, but it's the beautiful, the most amazing gym uh, that anybody can get. You know, higher the altitude, better it is, steeper the climbs, Downhills, you know, you're basically developing an all-round athletic profile uh, as a runner. You know, your cardiovascular system is getting stronger. Your muscle uh, muscles are stronger, and your your running skills are developed when you're going uphill and downhill. And it's such a beautiful thing. Maybe the reason why I started, uh, I allow mountains is I'm from Uti. I'm born, brought up in Uti, and it's such a beautiful place. Such a beautiful place, and uh, and of course, 2,200. 50 meters altitude and 
uh, it, it's really wonderful. And when I started running in 2011, of course, I moved out of Wooty uh, after I finished my 10th grade and wanted to pursue higher education and started working elsewhere. Um, after a few years of running, uh, the initial, let's say 2011, 12, that's the time I came to know about the Comrades Marathon. The Comrades Marathon, the, the even death, uh, reading the definition of the marathon brings even a lot of goosebumps to me. Okay, so this was launched way back in 1920s, and then uh, 90 kilometers, uh, hilly terrain, a downhill run, and then uphill run in alternate years. Uh, and uh, when I read about the fastest runner at that time, some five hours and 20 minutes, I couldn't just get the idea of can yeah. somebody run that fast? It's like three minutes pace, three minutes something pace for, for a period of five hours, high altitude and downhill. Is it really possible? And then I wanted to know if, if is there a way I can go and witness this even? You know, I want to see who these guys are, right? So who can run like this monster. That's when I learned that uh, this event um, actually, you know, all that you need is a full marathon uh, running time of five hours to qualify for this event. And I was kind of super excited about that. In 2012, I said, okay, I'm going to run the Comrades Marathon one day. I was, I just completed my first full marathon end of 2012 with some huffing and puffing and, you know, pain and cramps uh, in about four hours, 53 minutes. I somehow dreamt that one day I want to be there at the start line because by the time I read about this event, I, I kind of saw a lot of videos about this event, a lot of stories about how people failed, uh, how people basically learned, transformed. So the idea of running a marathon with so much benefits, not just the physical, not just the tourism aspect of it, but also a transformational experience uh, really brought a lot of excitement. Um, and of course, I went to run the Comrades in 2014. Uh, that was uh, done, and then the 2015 and 16 also. The reason why I went two more years, I wanted to do the back-to-back. -back. The back-to-back -back in Comrades is a very, uh, very interesting concept. And then 2013, when I went, uh, uh, when I prepared for the marathon, 2014 at Peter Marisberg, at the start line, I had an injury. Uh, I was actually it's overtraining injury because so much of excitement you want to go achieve in a certain time target. Uh, I didn't have a lot of structure uh, to the training process. Um, I knew that I was going to fail, uh, fail in terms of not completing the race, but I didn't want to miss that experience. And the same year, I had also taken my family to uh, South Africa. We wanted to go and finish the race and also go and enjoy the beauty of South Africa. I, had, sure. I have some really great friends in uh, South Africa. They become good friends because of running. Um, Mr. Samuel Reddy is a pastor. Met him in Bangalore and uh, I was uh, sharing, that was my first ultra marathon. Um, I was uh, telling him that, oh, you're from South Africa and I have a dream of running uh, the Comrades. He said, yeah, son, it's a great run. I just run only 11 times. Oh, it was like, you know, great <laughs> opportunity. <laughs> Meet him and uh, my interest uh, for the marathon doubled and tripled, I would say. Um, and while running the first comrades, I was thinking about uh, the things that I could have done in my life. I was born and brought up in Uti. I never thought about running ever in my life. Never thought that running would be a sport. Uh, we will do only running during the PT period. And you know, I used to play basketball a little bit, do the field sports like long jump, high jump, triple jump. Uh, but I never thought that I, I would ever love running so much in my life. And I was kind of thinking that, oh my God, I should probably go back to Uti and run. 
but I never thought about conducting an event. Uh, yes, of course, I have contributed to some of the uh, events, running events, uh, which were organized by friends. Uh, since I also come from the project management profession, the organizational skills, something that I developed over multiple years, you know, putting things together. Uh, even a complicated project, you know, being a project or a program. Uh, I was uh, de definitely uh, feeling confident about my organization skills. And I said, okay, can I think about um, organizing an event remotely? You know, this was kind of running in the back of my mind, but I wouldn't jump in doing unless I'm confident, you know, because you probably know that if you want to do something and attract people, it needs a lot of response. It, it is a big responsibility to bring people in. Um, I've, I've supported uh, a friendly running event called a Valvelori uh, Marathon. This is again running buddies going to the uh, Kuli uh, Hills, uh, which is close to Salem and uh, Tamil Nadu, and then running 25K or 50K. So I was part of the organizing team uh, and uh, helping all the logistics, uh, getting all the food supply, you know, kind of a little bit on the safety mechanisms because the kind of remote place and educating the uh, runners about uh, the nuances of what this place is all about, what kind of safety precaution they should take. It gave me a lot of confidence that, okay, we were doing for multiple years. And then I had an opportunity to uh, create uh, a similar event, uh, the Eckhart Hills uh, Ultra. Uh, so uh, the Salem runners, uh, they approached me, they said that uh, we are thinking about doing a running event only for 40, 50 people. And then uh, uh, they wanted me to help them. Uh, I mooted this idea of, hey, Erkard is a beautiful place. Why don't we actually go and do a big event? You know, let's attract people all across the country. Let's do it as a proper ultra marathon. We will bring in all the elements of what the ultra marathon would offer. Uh, let's do this uh, event. And 2018, Erkard Health Ultra, I was a race director. Uh, so we attracted about uh, 150, 200 people. A small group of runners who would do the 25K and 50K. And then uh, this event uh, turned out to be a super hit. You know, when people came back and spoke to me at the finish line and said, Coach K, this was a fabulous uh, running event. Uh, this is an ultra marathon. It's, it's, it had all the elements. We had enjoyed everything. So I was a race director right from uh, putting together the concept, you know, the helping with the design of the logo, the concept of the event. Uh, doing all the communication, drumming up this campaign in the, in the Facebook, reaching out to people, campaigning that, hey, I'm the race director of the Cardinals, I'll try, you know, come and run this event. So this entire end-to-end -end engagement, right from taking care of, you know, calculating the fuel recommend, hydration recommend, uh, that gave me a lot of confidence. The event was a super hit success. And uh, all the runners who came there, most of them recognized me because they're all part of my running community. So they came and uh, thanked me for putting together a beautiful event. I was so happy. And uh, of course, that uh, even before that, uh, almost for six months, I was thinking about doing an event in Uti because my academy, there were three of them were training and coaching under me for the Comrades Marathon. So I would basically uh, take them or advise them to go to some hills, go do their long run, kind of a training then they get uh, all the experience of running uh, in mountains uh, so they can train their running skills they can kind of test their fuel uh, hydration uh, kind of plans and then of course they can experience the beauty of these mountains 
and I brought my friends to uh, my academy members to come and run the Ilka uh, run. Uh, so the kind of mountains to mountain every see the Comrades Marathon training is uh, you know the kind of little intense focus training is for six months. So you start on launch the campaign on the first of January, and then it goes all the way up to either end of May or June. And then uh, for me, strategically, the way I look at it is, okay, every month you should at least go and experience the mountains. If you're in Chennai uh, or if you're in Bombay, you don't, uh, Delhi, you don't have a lot of mountains, all flat course pretty much. The steepest mountain that you see is the steepest flyover that you can actually <laughs> see in these places. So the concept of month on month hopping to one hill to another hill, uh, it kind of uh, gave me a lot of uh, what do you call understanding that, okay, if I'm a beginner, I should go and run an experience. If I'm living in a mountain, it's a different thing. Every day I can go run in a mountain, but if you're not living in a mountain, then you should probably be hopping mountain to mountain. So the uh, January was typically the Mumbai marathon season. The February was, you know, people would go to Ilkhan. March is when they do the World Will Worry Marathon, which I'm part of. It's again organized by a good friend of mine, Krishna. Uh, and his family. It's more like a family event, you know, that's what we do in March. And uh, you, you, you know, if you're running the comrades, you can run 50 kilometers. And if you want to do extra mileage, you can always go and do that. And then April uh, is when I wanted to fill the gap. And uh, that's why I said, okay, I'll take my academy members who are running, uh, coaching under me for the comrades marathon to Uti, you know, give them the experience. So I was basically looking at Wooty, okay, how can I get the toughest route for 60 kilometers? Because Wooty altitude wise, it's much higher than South Africa, Peter Marisburg. Peter Marisburg is you know, some 800 plus meter like altitude of Bangalore. But I want to give them tougher experience even before they go to Comrade. So, those, so that they feel confident that, oh, okay, I have seen Wooty, I've run in tougher mountains, Comrades becomes much easier in my mind. And of course, Comrades has his own difficulties in terms of time and cutoff. You need to be moving. You need to kind of uh, cross all these cutoff points and certain checkpoints need to be crossed. So that's a different challenge. But the mountain should not be as scary as what it appears otherwise. Okay. Right. Because for somebody who runs in, uh, in a flat course, they go to Mumbai Marathon, they dread the Pedar Road. The Pedar Road is right. probably the one kilometer steep climb and go to the other side. That's it. But people always complain about, oh, Pedder Road, I started cramping. While coming back, I started cramping. It's so steep. It's kind of a hilly terrain. No, you come to Uti, I will tell you what. <laughs> you go to Hyderabad, for that matter, there are so many. So many yeah. Every course is different. So Uti Ultra became a reality by starting with only my three of my academy members traveling together with them. But then those guys came back and said, can I bring my family? Can I bring my, you know, because Wooty is a, it's a tourism time. You know, April 29th was the first uh, edition. And they wanted to bring their family. And then some of my academy members said, coach, can we come and do a 10K with you? Then I suddenly thought that, okay, maybe I was thinking about conducting an ultra marathon some part of my life, but why don't I do it right now? So that's how Wooty Ultra came. But my goal was only send invitation to people and make them come and run. Uh, but when I started this, it became like a, a super hit because people knew me. A lot of them saw me as a runner. A lot of them saw me as a guy who had done this, you know, social awareness campaigns. And also people have seen me, recognized me as a race director uh, in the other events that I organized. And suddenly I started getting a lot of phone calls. 
So then I said, okay, it can no longer be a closed event. Let me go to Uti, seek some support from the local uh, community and make it like a proper event. So when I went to Uti, a lot of friends helped me. A lot of my, uh, my in fact, the one Mr. Vishwanathan, he was my dad's colleague. He's a maths teacher in my school. So he came and basically created, brought some contacts. Uh, uh, there was a company called Eagle Stair Adventures. So he brought that contact. I'm still thankful to this gentleman. He made that connection. He said that, okay, maybe talk to them about your business. They might uh, be interested in your, uh, in your event. So when I went and met these uh, Eagle Stair Adventures uh, management, uh, the founders, uh, the owners of this uh, company, they were like immediate, okay, tell me what's, uh, what's the sponsorship like now? I, I didn't have any idea at that time. And I said, okay, fine. Uh, if you can help me cover these, these is cost and I can give you a tiny sponsor. I said, okay, it's done. Okay, done. So what do you mean by how many days you want to think? No, it's done. We are in. I was like super excited. You know, that's how the event started. So then when I had that money with me, I thought, okay, let me go to 150 people. We started the registration uh, end of February by... 15, 20 days, I sold 270 tickets. And then I basically constructed the event to give the experience for the ultra marathoners, 60K. There's somebody who loves the half marathons on a come and do 30K in OT. And then somebody who's beginners who done a 10K come and do a 15K in OT. So 15, 30, and 60. It was, it was, it, I took a lot of time to design this course. Can I, and then again, logistics are really important. But if you really see the Uti Antra course, so beautiful. The first 15K, all the runners run. 15, 30, 60, uh, all of them run. The second 15K will be run by the 30K runners and 60K runners. And then the 60K runners will do the last 30 kilometers, one long loop. Wow. So if you actually see Uti Antra, it's an ultra marathon with close to about 85% of the route is non-repeating. So you're seeing a different sections of Uti. Wow. And plus you start the run from the Uti town and then you go all the way up to Dodabeda, which is like 2,600 uh, uh, kind of meters elevation. That's the USP of this event. You know, you can actually witness Dodabeda early in the morning. And then you go down all the way. If you're a 60 km and then you go down to 1,800 meters. And then again, you come back. So the course is extremely difficult. It's so beautiful. It's scenic. It offers all the kind of challenges that an ultra marathon runner would uh, love. Even for beginners, you know, this, uh, people who ran 15K, they said, oh, I, we've been running in flat courses. Never thought we would kind of uh, touch the Dodavada peak and then uh, come back. You know, the kind of feedback that they received in the first event was overwhelming. And it was a great success, the first year event. And of course, second year event, I want to bring about 200, 300 people, but the registrations count went up to 770. Uh, and then the third year I started and I said, okay, let me restrict to about 900 people. But I had to stop the registration 10 days before the actual end with 959 people. We also opened up charity registration, raised some money. Um, and of course, the event is a lot of, uh, uh, it had attracted a lot of people all over uh, the country. And this first year, uh, I had about, um, you know, people coming from uh, some six, seven states. And the second year event had about 16 states. And the third year event, and also a couple of uh, foreign runners who were traveling in India. But this year, for 2020 edition, I also introduced 90 kilometers. I wanted to... Wow. Bring in that excitement of 
running 90 kilometers in OT, but with a cutoff of 12 hours. So this is only an invitation-based category because not everybody can do this. With 4,000 meters of elevation, running 90K in 12 hours is simply not possible for a normal runner. So that's why this year I had 10 people through invitation. Some of them also wrote to me and said, I want to get a receive an invitation. Uh, unfortunately, the 2020 Wooty Ultra Marathon scheduled on the 5th of uh, April had to be postponed. Initially, I thought that the COVID, just three weeks before the event, I had to take the decision to postpone it. Right. I don't want to wait till the last minute because people have made arrangements to travel and uh, there's a lot of expectations. People are training. The Comrades Marathon is a training. There were like 40 people who are running Comrades Marathon had also signed up for Wooty Ultra because the word of mouth and everybody. Uh, sure. thought that this is a great place to come and train. Now I postponed to September. Um, I think even September, it's not going to be possible. So this year, uh, we'll have to take some decisions on how we deal with this uh, 2020 edition. So this is where Uti Ultra is. And of course, I've got better uh, reach uh, from the brands. You know, They want to sponsor. There's a lot of willingness to come and uh, uh, be part of this event. Um, this event is all about uh, giving back a beautiful experience uh, to the runners. Uh, if you really see one of the most unique things about Uti Ultra is the finisher medal. The finisher medal is four inch in size, which has got the name of, let's say, if Ashish is running uh, 30 kilometers, then your name is laser cut and prepared one month before the event. The medal is prepared. Wow. You have to complete it within the cutoff time. If you finish with the 30K within five and a half hours, then you get the medal. Otherwise, the medal is not here. So this is, this um, is amazing how you have been able to put together your corporate experience, your running experience, your experience with comrade and come up with uh, uh, alternative comrades, for lack of better words, in, uh, right in the heart of India and one of the most beautiful places at UTS. Yes. Uh, Nitin uh, told me about that uh, when I met him earlier this year and he was like, you have to come down to Uti and our other business partner was actually planning to come to Uti for comrades. So hopefully next year, but for our mere mortals who are probably sitting on the couch listening to this and saying, well, I, I can't even run five kilometers and they are talking about 190 and 50. So let's uh, switch the gear and also we are uh, going into almost an hour and I think we can continue for a couple hours, but we might have to stop. Let's, let's talk about your coaching academy, how you are helping people get started and also about this uh, reconstruct your running foundation, how people can maybe join and get started, you know, so if you can maybe spend a few minutes on that. Um, so the, uh, when, I, when I started the academy, uh, Case with Academy, uh, my goal was not just the coaching. Uh, I wanted to basically help people learn the nuances of learning, right? Uh, so if I tell somebody that you have to do a hit run, as a coach, all that I need to do is to, okay, give them the specification of what that uh, hit run is, how to warm up, how to run, how to kind of time, how to use the GPS, what pace to run, uh, how do you, once you finish running, how do you recover? So this is coaching, right? But I also wanted to help people understand why you should do HITRAN. Okay, so that, so the academy focus is all about coaching and teaching. So if somebody joins my academy as a, as a mentor, as a FITSEAN, so the academy members are fondly called as FITSEANs, um, when they join the academy, they not only get coached to, uh, take them, elevate their 
skills and knowledge and awareness to achieve their personal goals. And of course, everybody comes needs. If somebody needs a coaching, that means they have certain aspiration, right? Uh, because if you're if you're going to run only for fitness, you don't need a coach. You know, you just need to run maybe 30 minutes, 40 minutes. Your heart is really health, healthy, and you're basically following a diet, uh, a clean, healthy diet, uh, eating some whole food. Uh, clean diet and uh, having good sleep and recovery. That's all you need. But if you, you probably need a coach if you have certain performance expectations. You, know, you want somebody to help you, guide you, their experience. So whoever signs up with me, they, they sign up with me uh, for running certain distances. It could be 10K in an event to complete certain time in, in a particular time. In a half marathon, I want to improve my performance. So most of the people who are in the two hours bracket they have the aspiration to cut this, cut into the one hour back in, one hour 59, one hour 50, sub two. And those who are running the five hours marathon, they always want to do sub five hours, sub 430. It's, it's all about improvement, being happy about the improvement. And uh, it gives you a lot of confidence and you feel that you're connected with the, with the passion. Because running is very addictive in nature. You know, once you get into that, you're going to get into a vicious cycle of uh, performance, learning performance, you know, learn learn, act, perform, you know, this kind of a vicious cycle that you're going to get into. Um, so anybody who joins the academy, uh, the, uh, the first few steps are really important for me because I do a health risk assessment. Ace um, uh, taught me a lot about engaging with, um, you know, a structured way of engaging with, uh, with any clients and, and plus also learning more about them. Uh, with my background in dealing with people, uh, in my corporate world, I've, I've led a lot of teams. I've, you know, people management skills is something that I've developed over a period of time. Even today, it's, it's a continuous learning for me. Uh, when I talk to people, I learn more about them and I'm trying to understand their goals and what is the motivation. Do they want to lose weight? Do they want to run even? Uh, are they interested in just maintaining certain health? So all those things will be translated into two things. One is the goal, a clear goal of, okay, long-term goal, short-term goal, uh, very, you know, the smart goals, uh, as in the corporate world, we talk about. Mm -hmm. It's really important to define those smart goals. And then the, the second thing is also about their behavior changes. You know, uh, one is coaching plan. You just follow, you perform, you achieve something. But the results are not always the same if you don't bring in behavioral changes. Behavioral changes are really important. What time you sleep, how long you sleep, what do you eat, what do you do outside of the training hours, Will determine how successful you are going to be as a uh, as an athlete. You know you have to wear the hat uh, hat of an athlete and a performing athlete. Um, then you know that translates into a training plan. You know the initial one or two months, three months is all about learning uh, both ways, right? So because the whoever joins my academy, they learn more about my style of coaching, um, and they're also learning a lot of jargons and nuances. You know various different exercises. If they are new to all these things going to overwhelm them so a lot of patience is needed because there are no shortcuts there are no i don't produce magic pills i only teach you how to uh, uh, kind of you know master your running skills in a very structured manner there are no shortcuts and absolutely a lot of sincerity hard work and passion and uh, discipline uh, everything is needed and also your personal interest because it is your own goal uh, it's not my goal right? it's your own goal if you want to achieve you have to do certain things so the three months time period is a learning time between. So that's why I really don't sign up for you know short assignments. 
people come to me basically they're signing up with me for one year kind of an assignment because that's where the learning is maximum because it's annual membership they sign up and then uh, the performing parameters are established and i i use uh, scientific uh, techniques and methodologies to coach and then customize this one-on-one -on -one. it's like ashish is different from let's say somebody else uh, so try to understand your environment what are the uh, what are the things that you're having access to it could be mountains it could be gym it could be treadmill or terabands or they or you have nothing just a yoga mat and body <clears throat> and of course the training is customized to provide you with that kind of uh, an ability to develop your skill and then go on perform so now uh, the all these years if you see i have been hopping from one event to another event one when I complete and get my personal best, and I want to go to another personal best. Okay, so this has been my attitude. But then suddenly, as a coach, I had the responsibility of um, uh, kind of demonstrating and also following my own words. Because I always say that don't try to get everything right now. <clears throat> you don't need to get everything right now. Everything right now, right? Uh, this is a lifelong journey. Running is a lifelong journey. Fitness and healthy living has to be part of your life rather than, you know, okay, in the month of April, May, I'll think about fitness. No, it has to be everyday journey. Now, how can I basically calm everybody down and say that, you know, you probably, when you look at your mirror, when you, when you think that, okay, I've done this race, I've done the second race, third race, fourth race, but I'm not improving my time. I want them to take a step back and think calmly that, are you really ready to run at that pace? Are you really ready to run that distance? Are you mentally ready, physically ready? So is your foundation strong enough to support you to scale it, right? Mm -hmm. So the idea of fixing the foundation uh, was running in my mind for multiple years, but I have been coaching people that way you fix your foundation, but it didn't kind of register for some of them. Some of them benefited. They just followed the plan and they benefit. They don't even know why it kind of worked. So that's the reason I had my first ever Academy members meet in card in September. The theme for the demon was reconstruct the foundation. And then I wanted to, you know, they all came with certain expectation. Okay, we're going to have some fun. Aircard uh, is again a beautiful place and a beautiful you know, coffee resort. That's exactly where the Bison Ultra uh, happened. You know, the idea of Bison Ultra happened with that workshop with my academy member. I wanted to help them understand, okay, we are not going to talk about advanced running. We're not going to talk about how you can get your next PB. We're going to go back to thinking about how you can basically reconstruct your foundation. So it could be fixing certain things in your human anatomy. It could be developing awareness. It could be developing ideas, quality, focusing on quality over quantity. Okay, can you tone it down rather than every time I did, you know, uh, 10 push-ups, uh, 100 reps of, uh, let's say, jumping jacks, or I did some 20 burpees. Instead of chasing those numbers, can you talk about how well you did all these exercises, the quality aspect of these exercises? Because if your movement is not efficient, your your benefits are very less if you're not stable your movement cannot be meaningful okay so you need to be aware of that stability aspect the mobility the range of motion you need to understand you need to be aware about okay where is the tightness in my body how can i get rid of that how can i open up my hips how can i open up my hamstrings how can i open up my um, let's say the tight muscles so that awareness 
something a collective cumulative learning since i started running 2011 i want to translate that into a program and that's what reconstruct the running foundation reconstruct that the foundation is a cds running foundation is one of the program from 1st of august to 31st of august i have launched reconstruct your wellness foundation so this wellness foundation is for three categories of people the pre contemplators those guys those ladies who do not even know that they need to do exercise but exercise going to be benefits to them they don't even know that there is going to be beneficial or the contemplators they want to exercise probably they have done their medical test and some parameters are off limits you know the, uh, the cholesterol is uh, kind of off target your hypertension early stages of diabetes so they are thinking about exercise but they don't know where to go and then the beginners absolute beginners they started walking running jogging going to the gym but they don't know what direction okay so this uh, reconstruct the wellness foundation basically uh, focus on five elements or focus areas okay which uh, includes your health parameters nutrition exercise endurance and recovery which kind of completes the entire uh, wellness journey okay but apart from that i also offer specific training on uh, you know kind of weight loss i've got some of my academy members who lost significant amount of weight in a very healthy manner over a period of 4 years and i've got transformation stories of somebody losing almost 30 35 kgs over a period of 4 years and uh, uh, to name this gentleman is one of the fittest guys in my academy okay wow. so all these things are possible no shortcuts come to me if you want to learn uh, and uh, develop awareness and uh, you have the patience you have the discipline you have the commitment to transform into a different person so you don't need to always sign up with a coach if you want to lose weight right you can also sign up with a coach so that there is a continuity there is some excitement and there is also a possibility of learning not just the physical aspect of exercising running but also the mental toughness you develop mental toughness over a period of time in my academy there are a lot of opportunity for people to learn that and of course you develop your overall athleticism uh, about everything that you do Uh, the attitude the camaraderie the ability to learn something and share with uh, everything so i also conduct a lot of workshops you know this last uh, four months since the pandemic has started uh, we've got a little more structure to these programs and i've done 10 uh, sessions bringing different experts uh, from sports psychologists to nutritionists to you know kind of doctors to come and talk about health and fitness there's a great opportunity for everybody to come and learn from this academy no definitely and um, it's it's beautiful the way you have been able to take your experience and now you are trying to transform lives uh, right from as you said pre contemplators and i i love that word by the way that this is this is what he taught me you know, if you these are some of the beautiful definitions uh, that you learn in the exercise science these are all well researched terms and Uh, yeah, so that is great because i i come across so many of these pre contemplators or i say people sitting on the fence or sitting on the couch saying oh i haven't done this ever and i don't think i can do it you yeah. can do it just take one step at a time you just put one step forward and then the next step and that's how you start but there is a start but there is a lot of value in having a coach or having a running buddy or somebody who can not only uh just work with you but mentally support you because a lot of it is really mental getting up every day doing the drill going through the motions and sometimes it's hard so i think there is a lot of value in having the right coach 
and it's great that you are able to reach out to all these people and do and, that. And for me, uh, Ashish, it's, it's a selfish reason, right? So it's not that I'm a coach with uh, every single possible knowledge. Uh, sure. It's a learning opportunity for me. As a coach, I learn from my every single academy, FITSI, and I learn from them because they come and teach me something. It's like the result I see in their performance or, you know, kind of a different result, which probably did not turn out to be. And, and all those little different results, it challenges me, you know, they come and help me to go and find out, okay, why did you not see the result? So is there anything that you can, so that the learning cycle is continuous. As a coach, I'm also a student here. Okay, so that gives Definitely. me a lot of opportunity to learn. Definitely, every every human body is unique and different, so they they might respond to the same thing a little bit differently. So, as a coach, that keeps you on the toes, I guess, all the time as well, and and that that makes you, as you said, you are developing yourself as well. So, I mean, we have we have crossed almost like sixty five minutes here, and I I love talking to you. I think we can probably write a book when <laughs> we keep talking together. So. We'll probably come back in another episode and maybe talk more about uh, the specific technical aspects and things like that and how your mechanical engineering background is helping on the construction of body and kinesiology and things like that. I, I have a lot of questions as you can see, but it would be apt for another podcast. So at this time, I just want to thank you so much for sharing your time with us. And I just want to tell the viewers that all the information about you is available at kfitsacademy.com and we'll put all the links on our uh, show notes and on our Facebook page as well. So everybody can get in touch with you. Any parting words you want to say to people who are just sitting and who have probably thought this is not for me, what would you say to them? You know, um, See, the, uh, there is one um, phrase that I always believe in sharing is you have to do something uncomfortable and then you feel comfortable about it okay that's very applicable in the world of exercise and fitness and endurance running for that matter because if you really see if somebody has to run an uh, 100 I, I did my 160 kilometer 100 miler with just 55 days to think about that event i i never thought that i would even run a 100 miler but the even the border run that i did uh, it sounded like a crazy idea. It's, it's, it's going to be crazy running through the desert day and night. You have to take that step that, okay, I'm going to do uncomfortable things, but I'm going to feel comfortable. That's what endurance running is all about. It, it may sound utter stupid. It's stupidity to run a marathon. You ask me, it's, you know, only idiots run marathons. <laughs> but that, you know, when you wear that wear of an idiot runner, you learn a lot of things. There's a lot of excitement. There's a different world out there. And it cannot be described in words. Whatever I'm saying, you will not experience. You will experience much more than that. So ready to take that first step. Okay. Decide that I'm going to be, I'm going to get up at four o'clock, which is not comfortable. Okay. I'm going to do that. I'm going to eat, let's say, sprouts and salads. I'm not going to enjoy that. It's not going to be comfortable, but I'm going to still eat that. I'm going to run and walk one hour. The goal is one hour, but it doesn't matter what pace I run. It's going to be uncomfortable, but I'm going to do that. But again, remember that uncomfortable cannot be stupidity okay? because you cannot defy your limitations. So that's why you need a coach uh, or an advisor or a person who knows how to advise. Um, so you need to do uncomfortable and be comfortable. That is, that is such great. Uh, so on that note that 
get out of your comfort zone and do something or try something which you never thought is possible and then the world will open up opportunities for you so thank you and on that high note i would like to say thank you once again to you and hopefully one of these days i'll uh, hope to have some filter coffee with you in ooty and watch the ultra marathon <laughs> thank you again so much coach thank you so much ashish uh, it was wonderful talking